Welcome to Revive Mercy Podcast. Today, we have a special episode. Today, we have individuals, peers like myself, and family members who have loved ones or know of loved ones that are close to them who are suffering from mental illness. There are three questions I ask them. This is this is a response to Mental Health Month. Mental Health Month was established in 1949. The history of Mental Health Month um, stems from the U.S. Um, response of, uh, of increasing the awareness and the importance of mental health and wellness in our American lives. There's also to celebrate recovery from mental illness. Just to give you a brief history, um, mental illness has been seen in the early years as a form of religious punishment. Um, moving forward, um, later on, um, there was um, the institu- institutions that they started building up in the United States, such as state hospitals. Uh, later on, uh, due to the conditions, and there was, a, a, there was a, an idea that they reintegrate those who are suffering from mental illness into our society. They de-institutionalized the the state hospitals, which um, was a great idea. Was it perfect? No. But at the same time, there have been policies that has been trying to gain better rights for those who are suffering and their family and friends. There have been some good grassroots organizations coming out of this in 1979. Um, the National Alliance of Mental Illness was founded um, by mothers who wanted to see their sons or daughters with, with better care. Um, they started um, to provide a support, um, education, advocacy, and research services for people with serious mental or psychiatric illness. Um, so the question we're asking really overall theme is why should we care about mental health? I want to thank the people who were able to answer these questions um, and record with me briefly. Um, So, um, again, why should mental health matter, especially today? Um, In tribute to Mental Health Month. Thank you. What has been the biggest stumbling block for peers or family members taking care of those who are struggling in recovery? I'd have to say the biggest stumbling block in my recovery uh, is myself, my feelings. I know that sometimes I tend to, well, I think everybody does. Um, if you're basing your decision-making process on how you feel, uh, that's when you make bad decisions, at least in my history. Uh, so I would definitely have to go with uh, my own feelings are my own biggest stumbling block in my recovery. And so it's important for me to remember that feelings are really only indicators 
of something that is either good or bad that is going on in my body or mind and to treat them as such instead of something that rules over me you know they can be a good guide but they're not a good leader <laughs> Not knowing where to turn for help and guidance, our society has not done a good job educating the public about signs of mental illness. There is so much ignorance and stigma, and as family members, we're confused about the best way to interpret behaviors and symptoms. The medical community has its hands tied with HIPAA rules that so often remove the family from the discussion when what's needed is a holistic approach. I think the biggest thing is the stigma because a lot of people, they have a preconceived notion and they have, you know, things that they see on TV which may not be true because a lot of times they're not. And they just go with that and they just assume that's how everybody that's that's as they have a mental illness act. They're just what some people call, quote, quote, the crazies. Being able to understand them, especially since in my sister's case, she cannot speak. Um, I think the biggest stumbling block um, for me has been realizing that recovery doesn't it isn't about my time or when I feel that um, my loved one should be ready or, or how they should do it. That um, totally putting myself out of it and respecting um, the journey as my, my brother sees. Um, I think that's been kind of like a bittersweet because it's been the, the best learning experience I've had over the years, but it has also been um, a, a stumbling block um, because I often think I have a great idea or a great plan and when he doesn't see that as a great idea or a great plan I've had to learn to be able to respect that. Um, I think another stumbling block has been where it kind of goes together with it is um, being able to forgive not just forgive, but to let him know that it's okay that whenever he's had his times of where he may not have been the best version of himself, uh, allowing him the, the grace to know that it's okay. Like, we don't have to rehash it. We don't have to talk about what happened. Like, it's okay for us to move forward. So I believe one of the biggest stumbling blocks is knowing how to be supportive. Um, I think that for someone who has a loved one who is experiencing some form of mental health issue, they're at a place of uncertainty. They don't know how to be there or how to be supportive and, and what to do. The biggest stumbling block in supporting a loved one has probably been is two-faced at least i've seen is uh people being hesitant to ask for help and so you can't really help someone that doesn't want to help themselves you know they, they really have to just come to the point where hey i need help and a second one is not having 
uh, I guess the second one would be this, the stigma that comes from uh, people saying, hey, I do have problems in mental health. Uh, just the stigma that church and society and community puts in people. The biggest stumbling block for my recovery was my value and the loss of it. It was the times when people told me what I couldn't do and me believing it. It's recognizing that whether I made a mistake, my value did not hinge on that. The biggest stumbling block was believing that I was less because I was mentally ill. What has helped peers the most or helped family members taking care of those who are struggling with mental illness in their recovery? I think the thing that has helped me the most in my recovery, of course, you know, I'm a Christian. I would have to say my faith, number one. Uh, but besides that, in um, a more practical term that everyone can relate to, I'd have to say uh, my resiliency, my ability to change with the circumstances and to not get stuck in a mindset and, um, you know, to recognize when I do get stuck in a negative mindset and do what I can to uh, go with the flow and just live life on life's terms. Learning as much as possible about mental illness and connecting with others who are dealing with similar issues. I found it, that it's important to be discriminating about what advice to follow. There are people, even medical professionals, who do not understand that mental illness is a brain disorder that is improved with medication, therapy, and the development of healthy coping strategies, including support networks. They think you can eliminate any one of those approaches and be well. And perhaps in some cases this is true, but generally speaking, medications without therapy and healthy coping won't work. And therapy without meds and healthy coping won't work. And healthy coping without meds and therapy won't work. It's like a three-legged stool. Without all three legs, the stool will collapse. Well, the thing that's helped me the most is to learn different coping skills and to actually use these different coping skills, you know, whether it be the same ones that sometimes we got to branch out and find new coping skills. And that has really helped. My faith in God, how much he has been there for us. Um, I think the biggest help for me has being able to experience um, the humility and the recovery of others. Um, at, uh, in 2017, um, I had the ability to go through the Helping Others Heal program. And um, that was the biggest help for me ever because it allowed me to be able to um, walk, to know that it was okay for me to hold my brother's hand and walk on side of him versus feeling like I needed to lead or I needed to have ideas or other resources. Um, being a part of that process was a big help for me because it allowed me to be able to see that 
in his own time and in his own way that it was okay for me to respect that and to follow his lead. So being around others um, through in recovery, as well as being around other um, family members of, of those going through recovery has been the biggest resource for me. The biggest help is recognizing for yourself that it's okay not to have all the answers. And sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to know what to do, to know how to support a loved one who is experiencing some kind of mental health issue. And, but that's not always the case. We don't always know what to do and how to be there. And it's not something that we're sometimes even trained to do. So the biggest thing is just providing a sense of safety for the loved one who is suffering is already helpful in itself. And providing that empathy and just providing some kind of atmosphere in your home or wherever you are where that loved one can feel comfortable and safe to just open up to you and to talk to you, even if you don't understand fully what they're experiencing. The biggest help has probably been the societal curve and trend that has been showing positive uh, reactions to people expressing their mental health issues. Uh, and so just uh, seeing just as a society, as a generation, I think the younger generations are, are seeing that this is not something to be afraid of or be run away from, but to embrace and say, hey, this is who I am. I'm looking out for help. And so uh, just a, a trend that is showing how mental health is so important and that we are not perfect and everyone has some sort of issues and problems. So uh, asking for help is okay. So just that trend I think has been great in helping uh, just frame mental health uh, in more of a positive light. What has helped the most in my recovery is piecing back the value is being reminded that um, it's okay to not be okay. It's finding coping skills and being intentional of using them. It's not just seeing one side of recovery, but seeing a holistic view on it. And also just understanding that the support I have around me is valuable and the connections I make um, are valuable too. This month is Mental Health Month. Why do you think it's important, especially today? Mental health is especially vital right now in this period of history because the majority of us are living through a time that we have never seen with the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, a lot of us have more time on our hands and a lot of us, uh, our anxieties, our fears, our depressions are really coming to the forefront of our lives. And it's very important that we take time to address our mental wellness and, um, you know, perhaps develop new tools to cope with this crisis until it passes and, um, to really make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. You know, um, time is probably one of the most valuable things that we can have.
uh, in our lives. And if you are one of the lucky few that uh, do have extra time on your hands right now, um, I suggest that you, you know, really use it wisely, even if it's doing nothing, you know, resting, recuperating, letting your mind and body rest and rejuvenate during this time. Uh, just um, realize that nothing is wasted and that we will all come out of this stronger. Mental health awareness is important for so many reasons. Awareness and education go a long way toward relieving individual suffering, both for the loved one with a mental illness and the family and friends trying desperately to help. It also promotes understanding at a societal level among the general population without direct experience of mental illness and legislators who can decriminalize mental illness and increase funding for treatment and services. Awareness is the first step toward healing and compassion. Most well, important because everybody at one point in their life or one time or another will face a mental health issue, be it their own or somebody they know. So for us to take it advantage of getting as much knowledge and education and support that we can, I believe that is a good thing. Because so many people suffer with varying degrees of mental illness and being stuck indoors and restricted in our movement now with this, with this pandemic, it affects more people today than it ever did. I think it's very important um, because one, being able to know that the stigma that often goes along with um, mental health is, is totally past due time for it to be eliminated. I think um, it's very important that, that everyone is educated to know that it's okay to not be okay. Um, I was watching one of shows on last night um, that I like to watch and it was so excited to be able to see two men that were talking to say, hey, I'm not okay. And one of the other guys said, hey, I hadn't been okay for a while. And because of it, I've been going through therapy. And the other guy was like, oh, wow, really? When he was facing, should he go and get the, the help that he needed? Because he was thinking about the stigma and he didn't want to be able to say that he wasn't okay. And so just to now see that as the norm on, on television, even I was reading a book with my son the other day and the book was called It's Okay to Be Different. And on there it was saying, you're not, it's okay to talk about your feelings. And my son, who's six, was like, yeah, it's really okay to talk about your feelings. You should talk about your feelings. And so that excites me because I think um, the more that we educate all of those around us, from our children um, to just everyone in our community, that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to seek help to be able to be okay. Um, it, it's totally okay to have a day that's not the best day, but, um, pushing through and, and getting the, the help that you need to be able to get to the other side is what's most important. So I think it's very important um, during Mental Health um, Awareness Month that we do bring that awareness. We do um, help to eliminate the stigma and we educate all those that we can. Mental health is very, it's always been important, but it's especially important today um, because they have, have the potential for an increase in our community. 
with a pandemic going on, you know, for a lot of people, safe havens might have been removed. People are experiencing loss, whether it's loss of income or loss of family, loved ones, friends. Anxiety is bound to increase as well during these really trying and difficult times. People might be experiencing some despair, some loneliness. So awareness is important now more than ever. And it's important to provide this form of awareness so that people can learn how they can nurture their mental health during this state of quarantine and in this state of uncertainty. I think it's important because it creates awareness. You know, we want to continue to grow in what we've seen, the positive kind of impact and the views that mental health has been taking and how more people are more aware of it. Younger generations are more hip to talk about it. So I think having a month where you can just share stories and share experiences helps to create more awareness and to frame it in a positive light, right? Uh, not something to run away from, but something to embrace and say, hey, we all have issues, we all have problems, but let's work together to get it, to get to feel better. So I think having a month where we just highlight stories and individuals and, and recovery and, and people that are still struggling with mental health issues helps to help anyone know, hey, you're not alone. There are others like you and like me, and we all can help each other uh, get better. Why is Mental Health Month important? Well, it's because we need it more than we would like to admit. I like to usually say, why is it important? Because we can't afford not to make it important in our lives. The mental health in our lives dictate how well our physical health is and our overall wellness. Um, I think Mental Health Month, especially during this COVID-19, is especially important to not lose sight of the importance of taking care of your own wellness your own self-care, and not to minimize it. Your mental health matters. Each one of you, myself, who's a peer, it matters that mental health matters in our lives because without good mental health, you cannot have a true overhaul wellness in your life.